Howdy, folks, and welcome back to the Be a Dreamcatcher podcast. Merry Christmas. I hope you all are as excited about the holidays as we are and about this episode in particular. Why did we decide to air Amberly's episode in December? Well, let's talk about that. The Wrangler National Finals is coming up, actually, tomorrow, followed by the International Finals Pro Rodeo in January of 2022. So in honor of Christmas, the Wrangler National Finals, and the IFR, here's to the cowgirl way of doing things and Amberly Snyder on the Be a Dreamcatcher podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Be a Dreamcatcher podcast. Okay, folks, let me tell you, I have a special guest with me today that I am just beyond thrilled and excited that she agreed to come on this podcast and share her story and her journey of becoming a dreamcatcher and obtaining her goals and dreams all while doing it in a wheelchair and being able to just do what I love is the sport of rodeo. And I'm sure many of you all are familiar with one of her movies, Walk, Ride, Rodeo. I have with me today, Miss Amberly Snyder. How are you? I am so good. Thank you for having me on. No, thank you for coming on the show. This is absolutely fantastic. I know this has been a couple of months in the making, and um, this this is just a great opportunity. And uh, first of all, I'm I'm going to fangirl moment here if I can. Um, I am a huge fan of yours, and ever since I watched the movie Walk Ride Rodeo, uh, major tug on the heartstrings. But man, what a I mean, just a attention getter to say, hey, if this girl can do it, uh, anybody can do anything that they set their mind to. And it just, it blew me away. And your story just on its own is absolutely amazing. So I'm, I'm going to let you have the floor on this. And, and I really want you to just tell folks, you know, who is Amberly Snyder? I mean, obviously we know now the big screen with the TV and, and obviously your amazing platforms that you have going on, but just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Oh, man. I mean, I don't even know how I would guess I would put myself in a little nutshell. But um, I mean, I I just love the sport of rodeo and I love to compete in the barrel racing. And of course, it means even more now with, with my horses being my legs, truly, every time we get on. I mean, I leave my wheelchair in the trailer and I get to get on and ride and do what I love to do. And then outside of that, I'm a keynote speaker. And I feel like that's such a big part of my life. I didn't know if I'd ever have anything that I loved as much as being on the back of a horse. But Getting to share my story across the nation and even internationally has truly been rewarding and constantly reminds me that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, gosh, I guess that would be that would be me in a little nutshell. That's awesome. Let me tell you, it's it's so funny how God places things in our lives. And even when we may have the most difficult of struggles um, of how that actually grows and, and, and builds us into this person that we never thought maybe we'd ever become or never thought, oh, that's not going to be anything that I like. And uh, you get there and you're like, wow, this is amazing. I, wow, thank you is all you can say at the end of the day. Yeah, I will. I mean, heck, thank you for, for that at all. I, I'm very lucky that I get to do what I do and I have the support system I have to do it. I mean, I tell people I would not be where I'm at without my family and my faith and my horses. Absolutely. So I truly believe that's it. 
It, it is. And, and you know, one thing that I, I absolutely loved, and, and, and I'm going back to, to the video because I'm a, I'm a very visual person, um, that is something that I love that y'all drove home in the movie walk ride rodeo is your your support system your your family um your faith even though it may it it was tested um you came out stronger on the back end of things and can can you walk us through just a little bit of that because i think sometimes and, and kind of the whole purpose of this podcast is to encourage people whether they have a support system or not there's ways to get around and get a good support system um so can you kind of share with us um how your support system has just gotten you through the thick, the thin, the great, the good, the bad, just everything. Oh, I, I'd have to start with my parents um, who have been raised by parents that have completely ingrained into me the perseverance, the hard work, you know, the ability that you get to decide what you're capable of. You know, I feel like it started there at the core. And of course, with the faith that goes along with that, you know, my parents were were people who wanted to teach me that God is in every part of my life and he'll always play a role and he'll always be there to help me when things aren't going right. I mean, heck, it's not like I really had to to test that out until I was 18. I mean, of course you have small challenges, but you don't realize how small they are until you face something big. But so, I mean, all that starts there. And then I have, I have uh, almost an entire team. I mean, heck, almost a whole baseball team worth of siblings. And they, they, at this point, I mean, if I say I want to do something, they're like, okay, we're no shocker there. Everybody wants to do something new. Let's all be involved and see how we can help her get there. Wow. That is fantastic. I have chills. Just, just having that eager support system there is just, oh, it's a blessing in so many different ways. And you know, what I love about having a good support system too, is you, you have someone that's invested in, in your dream. And actually you have multiple people as you said the baseball team (laughs) the baseball team of siblings and um but you have other people that see your dream and see where you're headed um tell us a little bit I know you have um some background in FFA and of course the National Little Bridges Rodeo and and I'm going back a little bit more to your childhood here um but tell us a little bit about how being involved in the sport of rodeo and stuff such as the FFA kind of helped shape you as an individual in in setting those goals and dreams gosh I I can give a lot of credit to them and even definitely on what I do now I i heck it's a club right you figure it's a club this little organization you're going to get involved in when you're in high school because your friends are all in it it's a chance for you guys to hang out and it's crazy that just that got me to where I'm at now because the leadership that it taught me and being involved with the the judging aspects of it or even just the planning aspects getting your career into place what you want to do what you want to be and then that got me to be a state FFA officer which is where my speaking began and really honing in those skills Um, I mean, my first speech in my chair was my retiring address, you know, my going away speech as state FFA president. And from there, I didn't think I would be a speaker, right? but I started getting asked after that. It was like, okay, we want you to come and speak here. And I did, and then they liked it. So I went and spoke the next place and it was like, you know, fast forward, here we are 11 years later. And that's my job all started because I entered the classroom of the FFA in high school. Wow. So would you say it's safe to say maybe the Lord gave you some stepping stones to help build that uh that nice road to where to where you're headed and still going? Oh, I 100% believe that he knew how it was going to unfold all the time. I mean, 
from the FFA part of it to I even retrained my par- my barrel horse for myself prior to my accident without knowing. Um, I mean, he was such a role in how I still do what I do. Wow. That is fantastic. I, I, I've i got chills talking about this because, like I said, again, I'm still fangirling here just a tad because it, it just... It amazes me and, and, you know, I've had my fair share of, you know, I have this dream, I want to go do it. And, you know, this is a great support system around it, but nothing that, I don't know, and I hate to be like, it's not a comparison because it's not. Everybody has a story and everybody's story unfolds differently. But just the fact that yours has so many branches, if we were looking at your story as a huge tree, it, it just, it has so many avenues that it has gone. And to to see you take something that could have just, I mean, completely devastated your life you took it made the best out of it and to be honest are probably helping millions of other people make the best out of their lives just by letting them realize hey nothing can defeat you unless you let it um so this is just and I, I did some research obviously a little bit more on you and um and your background and your history and you know originally being born in California and then getting in I love the fact that you made your parents promise you a barrel horse <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and I feel like he didn't he didn't realize that just by doing that he told me man I can make negotiations for whenever I want and they should happen yeah I love it. <laughs> That's just great. Well, you talked about uh, retraining your horse prior to your accident. Kind of walk us through that a little bit. Did And I mean, now, obviously, you're looking back at things and, and you can say, wow, I didn't even know I was doing this at this time. Um, but walk us through that. You know, what what were kind of the steps for that for you? Just you had no idea this all was about to unfold. But what led to you retraining your barrel horse? So yeah, I told you, I really did that for myself beforehand. And I went to a clinic in the fall of 2009. So right before my accident and the gal that was training it um, was telling us the importance of being able to communicate to your horses with your hands, because she's like, I get when you go into a run, like you want to have your legs and ideally, you know, you want to have that to be a part of your tools, but let's get real. Not everybody can do that at, at that high of a speed. So I think it's really important to be able to communicate with your horse through your hands and have your legs to be able to reinforce um, when it comes to a barrel run. So it's like, I was like, okay. So I retrained power like that. He knew to pay attention to my hands and my legs were obviously still in play, but they were, um, you know, a second category if I needed it to be. So it's like, I retrained them all prior to getting in this accident that I get back on. And all I have is my hands to talk to him. And he, he had no problem with it. Wow. That is so amazing. And, you know, talk about horses. So I have people ask me a lot of the times um, when we do music and stuff and shows with the horses, they're like, well, you know, do you get nervous and, and putting them in front of a big crowd or bringing them out on concert stages and all that? And I'm like, no, I trust my horse. I, 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 I live, breathe and, and work with this horse almost on a daily basis. And there's a connection that and unless you have grown up in the horse industry or have experienced the trust and the companionship that a horse brings. It's hard to explain to people. Um, and, and that's just amazing because that's again, something that you never planned on, but power trusted you enough. And he's like, okay. 
And then when you decided to get back on, even after the accident, I bet for him, he's just like, okay, there is something different, but this is the same job for me. And I've got to take care of my person. <laughs> That's totally how he felt too. I mean, he just, he knew it was different. It's, it's not a surprise. I think all, all my horses know that it's different and they take on a different level of responsibility, but they still love it and they want to do that. That's, oh, that's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about the horse's heart and, and the willingness to, to work with you. Um, I, I know we've touched a little bit on this, but how would you say that your horses just, I, I mean, obviously you have a whole different routine compared to any other, you know, just rodeo goer or rodeo barrel racer, anything like that. Um, walk us through a little bit of, you know, how you get your horses accustomed to, you know, how you saddle, get on. And of course I watched some of your Wednesday videos and all of that, which I'm absolutely amazed by the way, folks, you need to go check that out if you haven't. Um, but kind of walk us through that. How, how did the horses, you know, I'm sure they love it. <laughs> Every horse is different. Uh, I've definitely learned that some horses are not my best friends, right? Some horses are just not meant to be mine and that's okay because the ones that are, man, they step up, you know, they definitely, like I said, they know something's different, but they step up to the challenge of that. And legacy, well, power, I could start with him, right? Because he was the main guy and he jumped right into it. He knew he was supposed to be careful. He's kind of funny. He's a buddy horse. But the second I would get on his back, he didn't want anybody around us. It was like he knew he needed to protect me. Right. That's not something you just teach him. He just was. Um, and he's pretty well retired now. But like the horses I have, um, legacy, like he was a spitfire. He still is a spitfire, but <laughs> he's super aware to be careful with me. And that's what he's going to do. Um, he's still very competitive and wants to do his job, but he's okay with that. And he's, he's kind of funny. Like I bump into their legs sometimes with my wheels and you can tell he's like, stop doing that. Like pay attention. But, <laughs> but at the same point, he's like, okay, but I'm not going to jump on you. Right. So, um, I mean, they have to learn how to put their heads down into my lot for me to bridle them. Like, that's just something they have to know to do. And now they just hold them by themselves. Like, I don't have to make them do that. Uh, it's, it's all just a process. Like we learn together. I have a ramp at my house to get on. So they, they come up and they stand by the ramp while I jump over. I have somebody hold their head, of course, but you know, they, the first time you do it, they kind of look at you like, why are we doing this? And as long as I talk to them, then they're like, oh, okay, she says we're good. I'm good. And then we just move on. I mean, it's, it's the same thing as anybody with it's walking, but it's just, you have to be a little more aware and a little more careful. And sometimes, sometimes a little slower just for them to figure it out and be okay with it. Right. Talk about just the level of trust. I, oh my gosh, I, I would just, mm, that's just amazing. I, and it almost, it literally, gosh, it just, it almost brings tears to my eyes because I mean, just to hear and, and, and know what that type of level of trust is. And to know the, the bond you have with all of your horses and what it requires of them for them to trust you, but then also vice versa for, for you to trust them and know that, hey, they're going to take care of me regardless of, you know, if I'm getting ready to barrel race rope or anything like that. Um, it's, it's just astounding. Um, we've talked a little bit about um, the movie Walk, Ride, Rodeo. Why don't you walk us through a little bit of that? Um, and how that came about. I mean, obviously, it's it's an awesome, awesome movie. I've watched it several times. Uh, and it, it just, it's great. Why don't you just walk us through that? How, how did all of this come about? 
Oh, so it actually it started a lot, uh, quite a few years ago. It started in 2013 when the first company came to me and asked if they could write a movie, and I said no. <laughs> and my parents are like, no, we're going to do this. So I'm like, okay, fine. So we wrote this whole script. So fast forward two years, we have the script written, but nothing else came of it. Their, their uh, contract faded away. I ran in the American in 2015. Another company came on, said they wanted to do a movie. I once again said no. My parents are like, yeah, we're doing it. So I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> right. So, You're still getting trumped. <laughs> I know. I did twice. So then we started working on it. Um, so we kind of revamped the script. And two years later, now it's 2017. Um, and their contract is about to come to an end. But they're like, we want an extension because we are going to visit with Netflix. And we believe that they're interested. So I said, hey, you guys have 30 days. Mm -hmm. So in that in that 30 days they line up netflix got it put together they said they wanted it and we started the filming so you know we started we filmed through that summer and then it came out um 2019 it's so crazy like once it gets into play like it's just everything just starts happening so fast right um so we already had a script you know the script was written we revamped it and of course netflix wanted to add a love story so we did that and they wanted to make a few things more dramatic um, so we did that. And then, yeah, we filmed in New Mexico. It was a, uh, we filmed for five weeks, four and a half weeks. And I was able to be my own stunt double. So that was super fun. Plus my little sister was my pre-accident stunt double. So that was exciting too. Oh, that's and so cool. Such a whirlwind. You want to go through everything, every emotion you can imagine when they refilm your movie, you, you were in it. Like, that's what it is. You feel the happiness, the sadness, the stress of things not going the way you want. Uh, being upset, but being excited that it's happening. I mean, oh my gosh, just everything. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. And I remember um, I had watched a, a, a little clip that they had done. Um, I think it was on one of your Facebook posts um, where you actually had talked about being your own stunt double and, and they would show some of the, the clips together and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm the stunt double here. So this is, you know, not actually the lead actor, but I was like, this is amazing. It's just, it was so neat to hear how things went on the set. And I, I can only imagine, like you said, feeling all the emotions from beginning to end to in between. Um, and then the family, there's the support system again, just being a part of it. That is so phenomenal and such, oh my gosh. <laughs> that's just that's just great I just love it <laughs> thank you it was fun it really was fun to to have it all unfolded. like I said you know to get on and get to be myself and play myself gosh you can't can't ask for a whole lot more than that and then it was even more fun I was so proud of my little sister to jump on and get to be me I mean like you know people say she's my mini me but heck she really was like she had to play me yeah it's like it became a legitimate thing <laughs> Yes. And that was the best part was, like I said, not only get to just do it, but to share it with her. I, it was, it was fun. Oh, that is so amazing. So I, I want to just talk a little bit. I, I know we've talked about the, the rodeo, the, the sport of barrel racing, the accident, pre-accident, all of this great stuff. I want to talk about what you are doing right now. So obviously you ran the American back in 2015. Um, you're still rodeoing today, burning up the roadways. I keep up with your rodeo schedule and then I would love to make it out to one of your speaking engagements soon. Um, I've got to get out of Alabama first. <laughs> 
And, hey, I like Alabama, so I don't even blame you. Hey, it's uh, it's one of those things. I've got to take some time off of my schedule to just, I need to take some time for me. That's what I need to do. I need to take a vacation. But, yeah. uh, but no, I want to talk about what you're doing now. I mean, I know you have speaking engagements. You have your foundation um, as well. And I, I just want folks to understand how you have become who you are today, you know, you're still Amberly Snyder, but there is so much more to your story now, probably than you ever thought you would have in your lifetime. <laughs> oh, you know what? There, you're right. You're right. I mean, I feel like I've spent a lot of time getting to share my story part, you know, with the chair and what I've done with that and my horses. But gosh, there's there is a lot that goes along with that. I mean, even just the fact of being a sister and and being an aunt and being a daughter. I mean. There's all the fun stuff that goes along with that. I was just, I was literally just on an interview and he asked what some of my, my favorite parts of my life were, you know, what, what do I felt like has been the most memorable moments? And I said, it's going to sound crazy, but you know, getting the phone call from my brother that he made AAA this year in baseball or getting to be there the day that my nephew is born. Those are some of my favorite moments right. when it comes to my life, because I was here to be able to have those and I mean, of course, I have the success in the arena that makes me above and beyond happy. But to get to to get to see the joys of the people that you love is a big deal. So I feel like that's that's also the part of me not everybody gets to see or gets to hear or talk about. I don't know. If you follow me on social media, you probably know I love my family a lot, post about them a lot. But um, I mean, heck, there's just there's so much to every single one of us. Yeah. You know, there's there's so much that makes us who we are. Absolutely. There's we're complex beings. It's it's quite interesting <laughs> of how complex we really are. And uh I, I love when people say I'm a simple person and I'm like, Well, are you really? <laughs> yeah. Let's, exactly. Let's, let's talk about this for a minute. Well, let me do some what I call cliche questions. Um, but I, I think they're important because every so the the audience of this podcast is it's designed to be for everyone from ages, you know, three years old or when you can actually start comprehending what's being said till, uh, you know, 120 if if you're still rocking and rolling. And I've, I have found over the time in some of our speaking engagements that we have done, and you may have found the same, that a lot of people know what they wanted to do or had a dream, but a life circumstance or something beyond their control took that away from them. And, you know, some folks may say, oh, it's it's age now or, you know, it's just it's not there anymore. But it really is. Um, so I like to just ask, um, what is some advice that you would have given to your younger self, knowing what you know now? Oh, man. Um, I will say if I got to talk to my pre-accident self right now, I would tell her to have a lot of fun. <laughs> I would tell her I would tell her she should dance a little bit more. I would tell her she should go hiking more. I would tell her she should play laser tag more. I would tell her that uh that her goals are important and what she wants to do matter a lot and she should stay with those but that it's okay to reach out sometimes and be more well-rounded in your time. Mm -hmm. Um as crazy as that sounds, like that's some of the advice I'd give myself is to make sure that every day counted and and yeah, your goals are important and I think that you should always keep those in line. But remember that there are moments that you'll have elsewhere that, that will matter a lot as well. Right. So I think even that's the advice that I'd give to people is that 
you know, what you want to accomplish as far as like the notoriety or heck being rich or famous or any of those things, I'm not either of those things, but if you wanted to work during one of those things that that is important and have those goals, but make sure that you enjoy the journey along the way and, and make those memories. I mean, cause that's, that's what you're going to be treasuring when it comes to later on. Wow. Uh, some great advice and, and definitely something to, to think about. It's that's, I guess that's been one of my things is, um, you know, I I've enjoyed every day that the Lord gives me, first of all, when he wakes me up every morning, I'm like, thank you for putting a fresh breath in my lungs for today and for giving me another day to hopefully maybe make a difference in just somebody's life. I don't care if it's one person, um, but I, I want it to matter. And so I, I love that. I love how you talked about being more well-rounded with the time, have a little bit more fun. I think we all could stand to have a little bit more fun this day and time, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that we could. I think you've got to, you have to put that, that actually as a valuable thing, because otherwise you'll find yourself, I don't know, old and wonder, what did you do? Right. <laughs> you know, right. like what, what fun did you get to have? Right. Exactly. You'll be like, well, what did this amount to? <laughs> Exactly. I love it. Oh, this is awesome. Okay, another cliche question that I like to ask. Um, what is your favorite food? <laughs> My favorite food. So this, I used to just always just say steak and potatoes, but I'm going to be honest. I feel like my favorite food is sushi, pasta, and pizza right now. Oh, girl, you and I would but, get along great. <laughs> yeah, that's that's coming from the girl that's trying to go back on, on carbs. And the second you tell yourself you're not going to eat so many carbs, your body's immediately like, but that's all I need. Yeah, that's so, it. That's yeah. all I need. I need energy. That's, yeah. that's it. That's how I feel. I love it. <laughs> well, okay. That's, that's, oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah. You and I would, we'd do great if we had, you know, a dinner, I'd, it'd be some pasta, some pizza. How about some breadsticks? That'll work. <laughs> oh yeah. Add that in. That needs to be there. Absolutely. <laughs> well, all right. Well, one other question, and then I want to make sure that we get in um, all of your social media, uh, where folks can follow you, how they can donate to your foundation, all of that. But um, what advice would you give to a person, I'm not even going to put an age category on it, who has a dream, but maybe that life circumstance has put them in a, in a spot where they can't, or, um, they've had some peer pressure saying, oh, well, that's not cool. That's not awesome. It, you're just wasting your time. What advice would you give to them and in encouraging them to go for what, the Lord's put in their heart? Uh, you know, my first thing that I would say is, uh, is you get to decide what you're capable of. And there's, there will always be somebody or something or some reason why you can't. Right. Um, always. I mean, there's always going to be an excuse, whether it's time or ability or resources or something. I mean, heck, I could have done the same thing of this is too hard or is this not going to happen? I mean, we all have a reason why not to, but I think the biggest thing is to hold on to the reason why you can and look for those reasons and enjoy, like I said, you know, the little, the little processes and the little goals, because finding that happiness in the small things is really what gives you the strength to keep going towards the big ones. Um, heck, I had to do that this summer just in my rodeo world. And that's, that's kind of a, just a small piece of my life, but 
I mean, I was going through, a, I went a whole month without even making one check. And that's a lot of money to spend to make not one dime. Right. <laughs> and I had to, I had to shift my perspective of like, okay, I can't value myself on if I make money, I've got to value myself on what goals did I have in that run or what did I do positive. And it was crazy how just that shifted mentality put me in a position to be able to where I made circuit finals. Like, I think you just have to remember that you get to decide what you're capable of and really focus on what you do well than than focusing on what you didn't or, you know, what you're not as good at. Wow. That, <laughs> that's, that is the nail on the head right there. That is uh, the shift in mentality. I absolutely just love it. It's, um, I must say this summer has been an interesting summer for me as far as really having to reshift some focus on, um, what are my goals? And, and, you know, I hate to say it, uh, barrel racers, and, and we're bad to do this, and I'm sure you'll agree with me. We're our world's worst critic at the end of the day. It's like, man, I could have done this. I could have done this better. I could have done that. And oh, my hand could have been here better. But then when you go back and you do take that shift in mentality and say, oh, but I did this and hey, we finally got this part right. It makes it a little bit more worthwhile and absolutely a lot easier on yourself for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all on what you want to focus on, what you want to take out of it. I love it. Well, this is what the whole Be a Dreamcatcher podcast is about. And I feel like in our nice 30-minute segment here, we have covered a lot of ground. But I want people to continue to follow your journey and your story because you have so much going on and you're still constantly setting. I think you're chasing multiple dreams and goals. Um, so you're still being that active dream catcher. Can you tell folks how they can follow you on social media? They can donate to your foundation, all of that great stuff yes you can find me anywhere on instagram on facebook on uh tiktok on twitter i'm not very good at twitter but you can find me there <laughs> you can find me on youtube i have a channel on there of course you can look me up on my website amberlysnyder.org uh where i'm revamping it right now so i'll be able to have my charity involved with it as well the amberly snyder freedom foundation and uh, I, I answer all my messages, or at least I get to read them all. Um, so, of course, if you want to reach out or send me a message, then I can see it or reach back out to you. Fantastic. Well, this has been an absolute honor and a pleasure. Thank you so, so very much for your time and for sharing your story and just your soul, your passion, your dreams. This, this has been just a great afternoon. Thank you so very much. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Folks, you have been listening to the Be a Dreamcatcher podcast with Amberly Snyder. Be sure to like and follow it on Spotify podcast and Apple podcast. And we will catch you guys on the next episode on Down the Trail. We'll see you guys then.